Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Here's Pastor Ryan. The Bible doesn't say if you feel they were good, they're going to heaven. He says they must believe on him, and that is to put their trust in him. And and he who is born again, the Bible says, does not sin, does not practice sin. So for all of those friends and family members you know who say they love God, they don't go to church, man. They don't. There's no fruit that they love God, and they just tell you that. Don't don't be deceived as they are. Love them enough to tell them the truth. No, see, cows moo, dogs bark, cats meow, and there are certain things that Christians do by which you can tell that they love Christ, and that is obedience. And the reason why I'm that strong is because we want people to get saved. We want people to not be left behind and be here during the tribulation period where they have to die for their faith. And as they say, if you can't live for Christ now, what makes you think that you will die for him later? When you can't buy or sell without taking the mark of the beast. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Yes, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, but we are also told in Scripture that some save by fear. Right? Like uh, um, Jonah, you know, repent or in three days... And that's what they needed. They didn't need kindness. They didn't need flowers and fluffiness and the grace of God. They needed the severe side of the Lord. You're going to die in three days unless you repent. They're just like, we got it. We're done. So let the Lord use you as the Spirit guides you. Because that's the gospel message. You must believe in the resurrection. You must believe in Jesus Christ. There is no other way around it. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men the most pitiful. Anyways, you know what he means, right? If Christ, you know, didn't, 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 you know, rise from the dead, then, you know, he was, I guess, just a good teacher, like so many say. But he wasn't just a good teacher. He's the son of God. Before Abraham was, Jesus said, I am. That is his claim to Godship right there. Amen? And there are many people living like that. All they have is this world with no thought to the afterlife, right? No thought at all. They work, they're, they're, they're focused on everything about this world, their careers, their money, their children, their family, their name, their traditions, all of that. You know, they have life insurance. You got to have life insurance because you may die. But they don't think what happens to you after you die. Without Christ, it's eternal damnation. There is no other way around it. And that's why they're living for today. They don't believe it. They live for today. And if they reject Christ, they might as well have a good time because this is all they're going to have. Verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead. 
and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And so Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits. You think about the, the first fruits offering, right, that the Israelites were to give at the beginning of their harvest, the very first you know, fruits and, and vegetables that, that come out. They were to take it to the tabernacle or the house of the Lord and, and dedicate it to the Lord as to say, we thank you for your provisions. We thank you for our daily bread. We thank you for what you have provided for us. And so Jesus is that beautiful first fruits of the resurrection because Jesus died and rose again. We shall live forever. The first fruits. You might say, well, other people were resurrected before him. You have the widow's uh, uh, young son, of the, the, the widow of Nain and her young son in Luke chapter 7. How Jesus was going through the town of Nain and the funeral was taking place and they were carrying out her young son. And he, and he, and he felt compassion upon her and he commanded the young boy to rise up and he did. And also uh, Jairus, the, the synagogue ruler whose daughter was 12 years of age there in Luke 8, who also Jesus went and told her, arise, little girl, and she arose from her death. And also John 11 with his dear friend Lazarus, how he said to him, come out, Lazarus, and remove those you know, grave clothes after, after four days being in the tomb. And so they rose, but they rose in the same body. You see, they rose in their same body, not in their glorified body. And then later on down the road, they all would eventually die. But Jesus Christ, the first fruit of the resurrection, he was risen in his glorious state to never die again. Death cannot hold him down. He defeated it by rising from the grave. And so, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each in his own order. And so for as in Adam all die, it's true, by one man, by one man came death. The first man, Adam, is our rep, is the representative of us all. We all come from one set of parents, one race, just different skin tone. I hate using the word race. It's ridiculous. It's one race. It's a human race with different skin tones and culture. Thank God. Thank God for that. We come from the same parents. And Adam sinned in the garden, as you know. He wasn't deceived by the serpent, by Satan. He wasn't deceived. He knew. God wanted their love to be true. And so the opportunity for choice was given to them. You can be blessed, so blessed, and eat of every fruit you want to in the garden, but not that one. Not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Not that one. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So Eve was deceived by the serpent. She took it and ate and then gave it to her husband. And, and he, the moment 
decided to follow Eve rather than to follow God. And death entered the world, spiritual death first, and then eventually physical death. And they lived many, many years, but death entered the world, and, and the world was, was shifted out of the cosmos. Just everything became fallen. The animals became, began to kill each other, and death and sin and death entered into the world. And that death, that physical death, was passed on to all of us. This is why you get, you get about 20, hmm, three and four-year-olds in a room without parents and some toys. Eventually, there will be a war. But why aren't they just so filled with God and wanting to do what's right in their heart by the Holy Spirit? Because they, they need to grow up and find Jesus, that's why. Because all of us are born into this world with, as sinners. And we, and we live for what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, what people think of us, and for the things of this world, but then we come to Christ and we're reborn, the Holy Spirit. And so as sin and death entered through Adam, what Paul is telling us here that as death entered through him, life, eternal life, entered in through Christ. That's why when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we become spiritually born. No longer under that curse. No longer... Uh, under the curse of sin and the power of sin, it's gone. And through Christ, we can now live uh, uh, with, with the power to overcome sin and temptation. Right? We have the power. You know, no, no man or woman will be able to stand before God and say, man, I, I had your Holy Spirit in me, but the temptation was so great that I couldn't help myself. And God's not going to say to that person, oh, okay, come on then. No, he's going to say, no, the Holy Spirit works. You chose. You chose to give in. You didn't have to. He's going to be righteous when he judges. You know, the Bible's true that if we walk in the Holy Spirit, if we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, period. Well, this is, this is the reason for death in this world. <clears throat> this is the, this is, every Christian should know why there's sin and death in the world. Every Christian should be able to explain to people the reason why the world is all messed up is because Adam sinned. And we're all related to him. And you have to now be related to Jesus to be born again of the Spirit. As, as Adam passed on that sinful gene, Jesus Christ passes to us righteousness and power over sin and death. Paul talks about it in Romans 5.12. He says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Right? We're, we're told also in Romans, in Romans 6, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of eternal life is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so it's a beautiful thing that Christ gives us eternal life, uh, and, and freedom from sin. Romans 5, 17 through 19, uh, Paul says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one 
much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. It's no coinkadink that our Lord went to the Garden of Gethsemane and, and wrestled with the Father, right, and prayed, if there's any way that this cup can pass, may it pass. In other words, if there's any way man can be saved, rather than me going to the cross and having separation from the Father when that sin of the world is upon me, if there's any way that it can pass, you know, good, but nevertheless thy will be done. And so he drank that cup for us. There's no other way of salvation. It's not Buddha. It's not other religions. It's not mm, good weighing out the bad. It is only through Christ. If there's any other way by, man, by which man can be saved, and there was not, he drank the cup, went to the cross. He had victory. The victory, I believe, was, was one there in the garden where the failure of Adam also took place in the garden. It says here, um, by man also came the resurrection, back in our text, verse 21. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward <coughs> those who are, Christ's, who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, or to God the Father, when he puts an end to the rule and all authority and power. And so this is not a detailed timeline, guys, of, of the end times, eschatology. It's just a brief summary. Paul's just saying, this is the order. You know, there's Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection, and at his second coming, there will be people that are resurrected who have faith in Christ who will be resurrected. But those obviously who precede all that and die in Christ are resurrected. And so um, it's not a, a detailed uh, timeline here, just a summary. Um, but it reminds us that, that, that Christ is going to come, his second coming. The rapture is not the second coming of the Lord because he's not coming back all the way down. He's just going about cloud level. Just cloud level. Not above the, not, you know what I mean? Cloud level, plane level, commercial airline level. He's not coming all the way down. He's just going about halfway so that we can meet him in the air. Man, please let it be our generation. Please, oh, please, oh, please. I'm going to walk. I don't know if there's, there's no pride in heaven. But I guess there can be like, you know, like good pride. Like I'm, I'm proud of, of God's grace and mercy to, for us to be that generation. What was it like? Awesome. Woo. And I was afraid to fly. No. So I just hope that and pray, please. But that's not a second coming because he doesn't come all the way down. We go up seven year, um, marriage supper of the lamb, eating. 
No calories. <laughs> Flour tortillas, handmade, please. <laughs> 20 of them. <laughs> White bread. French bread. Bring it. Um, so anyways. Second coming is when he comes to just clean house and judge. I was reading my uh, Spurgeon devotion in the morning, and he, he, hit, he hit on the second coming and how, you know, he did. The Lord came just so humble without pomp and circumstance, right? Just on a humble donkey, lowly, sitting on, riding on a donkey. And, and he came not to give Israel political um, um, victory over the, their Roman oppressors. He came, you know, who's ruling you isn't the issue, the Romans. Who's ruling you is you, individual, your sins. That's what is the biggest problem of this world is man's sins. I came to save man from their sins. He came lowly as the perfect lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He preached and didn't force himself on anybody. Many heard him and, 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 and many left and, and would not follow him because they wanted to live for themselves. But yet others believed. But when he comes back, let me just read to you what it will look like when we come back with the Lord. Why don't we just turn there because things are so crazy in Israel. Revelation 19, please. Amen. Verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. Oh, that's our Jesus, faithful and true. Man, when was the last time we referred to him as the faithful and true one? That's what he's called, faithful and true. In heaven, look, there goes faithful and true, Jesus. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Oh, man. If war is what you want, it's coming, and they do not want it. It's a war they cannot win. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. His name, Word of God. There goes the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, that's us, followed him on white horses. Mine was a little faster than yours. <laughs> now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe 
and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is so gracious and so loving. And that's the gospel. Don't you know God loves you? Don't you know God doesn't want any of you to perish? Put your faith in the Son of God. The Bible says, kiss the Son lest he be angry. Accept the Son. He came to give you life and that much more abundantly. The enemy came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Give yourselves to Jesus. That's the message. That's the message. And if they hate you for the message, let them hate you for the message. The Bible says rejoice in that day when they exclude you, when they kick you out and say you're no longer one of us. You're with Jesus of Nazareth. You're no longer with us. That's cool. I don't want to be with you anyways. No. <laughs> That's not easy for people. I get it. It's sad. They will exclude us for that message. But we say the message even though they may exclude us, even though they may not like us anymore. Because it's true. He's coming back and it's not going to be nice for those who have rejected that beautiful message of grace and mercy. And so we end back in our text. We end right back at our text. For he must reign, or it says here, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father. When he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all his enemy, all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under, under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. And so here it's a beautiful truth that Jesus is the one who saved mankind for those who put their faith in him. But he's also the one who will judge. He's also the one that will come and conquer. And when it's done and, and, and uh, these things are, are taking place, then it says that he, he will subject himself under the Father. And that's not to say that the Father and the Son are not equal because we believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are equal in all. They have just different roles to play. And Jesus' role was to come into the world to save mankind, right? And so he's also going to come and judge it. And the Holy Spirit's role is to uh, convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. We only believe in Christ Jesus because the Holy Spirit helped convinced us, convince us, didn't he, of sin and of righteousness that we're sinners and we need repentance. And then he who was with us, once we believed in Christ, came inside us. And the Holy Spirit is in you and in me as a guarantee that we are going to heaven with eternal life because Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you.
that you've given us life, and this life is in your son, Jesus. Help us to be a church that lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to not doubt. Strengthen our faith and our hope and our love. Help us to be strong this upcoming winter. Lord, we just pray for strength upon our church family and that you, Lord of the harvest, would send out those into the fields to draw people in who need Jesus. We love you, Father, and thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.